Welcome to the spirit world, answering your questions on angels, demons, and how the spiritual and physical worlds interact. And now your hosts, Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. Well, hello there, and welcome to the spirit world. I am Debbie Giorgiani with Religious demonologist and co-host Adam Bly and hopefully you we are live today so we're talking about the feast of the archangels that we celebrated yesterday and coming up is the feast of the guardian angels so it's all about the angels today on the spirit world we are live so here is the number 877-757-9424 and Libby is waiting to answer your call but Adam, we always begin with the St. Michael prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl through the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Okay, so the Feast of the Archangels was yesterday, September 29th, and coming up on October 2nd is the Feast of the Guardian Angels. A lot to be shared about the angels and all the choirs of angels and how the angels um, minister to us, behold the face of God, so many things. And I'm sure, dear listeners of the spirit world, you have angel stories of your own, maybe uh, something that you read about a guardian angel or the archangels, or maybe um, you had a certain situation in your life and you really felt, wow, my guardian angel really helped me out of this really uh, desperate situation, this really um, uh, problematic situation that, that could have gone uh, south. And, and my guardian angel was right there beside me. Yes, your guardian angel is right beside you. So if you have a question, a comment, or an angel story, now is the time to call in. Oh, phone lines are already lighting up. I knew this was going to be a very popular program. This episode on angels always is 877-757-9424. And Libby is answering calls. She does a spectacular job. We have Taylor Van Est, our producer. He is amazing. And senior producer Tim Mott is on the scene as well. Adam, before we get started, um, um, I know you want to do a little background, a little teaching on the archangels and the guardian angels, but I re- I promised one of our take two with Jerry and Debbie uh, listeners, I promised them that I would ask you a question um, on air So because this is coming up on a regular basis on the live call-in shows. And so it's not really completely on topic, um, but it'll give Libby a chance to answer uh, the multiple calls that are coming in rapidly. So if, if, is it okay with you if I just ask you this question on air and then we'll, we'll move on to all about angels. Sure. Okay. So Amy uh, yesterday was driving through the state that you live in, Adam, Pennsylvania. And she asked this question because she does um, on the weekends a farmer's market. And, you know, that's where they set up the tables and, you know, all the merchants come in and they, you know, uh, sell things. And it's it's kind of a a wonderful way for the community to uh, promote their local businesses and stuff like that. And this particular farmer's market is at a Masonic Lodge. 
Now, let me just broaden this question a bit from Amy, because we've gotten this question on take two with Jerry and Debbie multiple times. Amy was asking, well, is there any problem? Because we know about the Freemasons and how it is, it is um, against uh, uh, so many of the things we believe in as, as Catholic Christians. But, you know, you're not doing anything um, with the Freemasons when you're entering into this Saturday, you know, um, farmer's market or something of that nature. But let's go even bigger than that. I know that some of these Masonic lodges are renting them out for weddings and different events. So apply that to your answer as well. What happens if we go to one of these, Mas- and we and we know, we know completely that it is an active Masonic lodge. Is there a problem with it? Are we entertaining something that we shouldn't be, and are we opening doors? Yeah, so there's a problem with it. Um, we need, and first off, just to be super clear, um, being a Freemason is an automatic excommunication from the Catholic Church, and it's by the very act of becoming a Freemason. So it's not that somebody discovers it or you tell the church and they write up a paper. It just happens automatically, uh, and God knows what's going on, so we can't hide that from God. And we've had a whole show on Freemasonry. There's a write-up that we have posted before, um, the details of all that. So, uh, yes, it's problematic because the building, from a Christian perspective, is cursed. Why do I say that? Because people are doing rituals in there in which they are cursing themselves. They are asking, literally asking, that they be terribly mutilated and then killed if they break their oaths of secrecy and and divulge secrets of Freemasonry, which, of course, has happened, you know, many times over the years. Books have been published. um, Copies of their stuff have been put out there. So, you know, that all has already happened many times over. But essentially, uh, it's a place where uh, there's paganism in the sense of worshiping other gods because it's not a Christian organization. They're open to every religion, and they do kind of a kind of a almost a mockery form of different rituals that invoke different gods from different religions. So for a number of reasons, uh, the building is essentially the enemy's territory. And when you enter those spaces, that can have an effect on you. Um, unless you're entering that space as ministry for the church and Jesus wants you doing that ministry and you're being obedient to the church, then a lot of protection comes. But if you're just going in there, it's it's going to impact you, Deb. So it, it's, it's just not wise to do things in those spaces. Okay, so let me ask a follow-up question. So Amy obviously takes part in this farmer's market, and it's it's her opportunity to get, um, you know, either pick up local, um, you know, things that are happening in the community, in the farmer's market, like, you know, various um, produce and stuff like that, and, and merchandise and stuff like that. It's a beautiful way to bring the community together. We have, we have many farmer's markets on the weekends here in where I live in the state of Arizona. So it's a great opportunity to just really do what our church teaches, stay local, you know, support the community. So what should Amy do? Should she go to the head of the farmer's market uh, um, group and say, you know what, I want to participate in this, but I will not participate if it's in this Masonic Lodge? I mean, because, and then what do you do if you have an event like a wedding and it's your it's your niece or your nephew or your cousin and, and it's at a Masonic Lodge? Do you say, I, I will not go into that building? Is, I mean... From a practical sense, Adam, what what should Amy and others do when they, when we encounter this? Because apparently, this is a big deal now. The Masonic lodges are are renting them out like crazy. Well, I mean, ultimately, it's up to each person what they do. If it was me, um, I wouldn't 
go there for those. I would just inform the conscience of the organizer, whether they're Christian or not, or understand the Freemasons, who knows. But I would inform them. Um, you have a duty to inform their conscience about the kind of stuff that goes on and that it's forbidden for Catholics, um, you know, and I would think most Christians would also agree it's forbidden. Um, and I certainly wouldn't have weddings there because it's kind of odd, right? Um, it's almost like having a wedding in a pagan temple, right? So it's kind of odd that you want to have a Christ, presumably a Christian wedding. Maybe these are secular weddings, you know, just more of a uh, not not approaching a sacramental. And I can tell you, I, I, I would be shocked if any bishop approved a Catholic wedding to happen in a Masonic lodge. Mm -hmm. um, that would be that would be shocking. I, I doubt that's ever happened, mm -hmm. given the prohibitions against Freemasonry. So, you know, you, you're, you're really flirting with, I think, offending God by, by doing a presumably Christian activity in a, in a pagan site. Okay, so tiny part three to this question of Amy. And Amy, thank you so very much. We're already getting messages saying thank you. What a great answer, Adam. Thank you so very much. Um, but what if you already participated in a farmer's market or you went to an event that was at a Masonic Lodge? Confession? No, because it's not a mortal sin. Um, it's probably, it's not even a venial sin just to be in that space. So no, you don't have to go to confession, but now that your conscience is informed, um, if you enter that space again, there may be slightly more um, spiritual impact on you. I'm not saying you would go in and become possessed or oppressed necessarily, but once your conscience is informed and you continue to go into spaces that are given to the enemy, um, you're doing it willingly and you're doing it with more understanding. And so therefore it probably carries more of a, more of a consequence. So that's why I just, I wouldn't suggest it. Okay. Thank you so much, Adam. And Amy, if you're listening, I promised you I would ask Adam on air for, for you and for everyone else that, that is encountering um, this, this, these things that are happening. You know, I, I do believe, Adam, that um, we're going to hit the pause button in just about a, a minute. And uh, when we come back, we've got full phone lines and you're going to do um, a condensed teaching on archangels and, and, and guardian angels, Adam. But I just want to say that I think in this day and age that we live in, we're encountering things like this that it, that are a little strange. They're a little off. You can sense that something's not right. And I, I I've always said to people, if you if you're sensing it that it's not right, I would I would stay away from it. <laughs> you're better off, you know, just staying away from it, right, Adam? I, I just want to encourage folks to kind of when it, when they're feeling that. Um, you know, that could be your guardian angel kind of tapping you, saying, "Hey, watch out." What do you say, Adam? Real quick. Yeah, follow your gut is a good rule when you're dealing with the spiritual, because the Holy Spirit, your guardian angel, is going to inform your conscience. Absolutely. Okay, so it's all about angels today on The Spirit World. We expect your phone call, and here is the number, 877-757-9424. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at The Spirit World Podcast. You can also email us, tsw at grnonline.com. We'll be right back. Have you heard about life coaching? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. Coaching is one of the things Jesus did with his disciples. 
Whenever they were stuck, overwhelmed, or even struggling a bit, Jesus asked questions that brought clarity and hope. He then used ongoing conversations that helps them to navigate the path and completely change their lives. Just like the disciples, we too can find ourselves feeling stuck, overwhelmed, and struggling a bit. Maybe you need help in your marriage or with a parenting issue, you're navigating a loss, you want to improve your health, or advance your career. At StandTallToday.com, our experienced coaches will help you to take another look at life, renew your hope, get past those challenges, and step into living abundantly. You can find out more about coaching and schedule a free introductory call by visiting us at StandTallToday.com. Listen, life is too short to stay stuck. Contact us at StandTallToday.com. It's often said that people can engage in whatever sexual activity they please as long as it doesn't harm anyone. But is this a sufficient moral criterion for evaluating sexual behavior? I don't think so, and here's why. First, it begs the question against the natural law moral theory, since if the natural law approach is true, then sexual acts that the natural law condemns as immoral would be harmful to a person's moral character. Second, although it's true that we should avoid inflicting unnecessary harm, it can't be our only moral criterion. For if it were, then we'd have to say a person's intent to murder or rape someone is morally permissible as long as he doesn't carry it out. But that's absurd. Avoiding unnecessary harm is a part of a good moral theory, but it's not enough. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Spirit World continues with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. If you have a question for the show, call 877-757-9424 or email tsw at grnonline.com. That's right. You can email us at tsw, that stands for the Spirit World, at GRN, that stands for Guadalupe Radio Network. That's who produces this wonderful show, online.com. So the, the email address is tsw at grnonline.com. Well, we think this show is special because uh, we get to be with you, dear listeners, each and every Saturday. And Adam and I feel so, so honored and privileged to be able to spend this time with you. So if you'd like to call in and share something about angels uh, during uh, the feasts of the archangels and guardian angels this week, that this is the time, this is the show to call in 877-757-9424. Okay, everyone that it, that is on the phones waiting to come on air with us and waiting in our our back um on deck circle please be patient just ask your guardian angel to to help you with a little patience because adam please um present to us uh your understanding your experience um of about the archangels and guardian angels okay so i think this is pretty important today um <clears throat> So what I want to cover is a number of points. This is based on Scripture, the Catechism, Church tradition, but primarily on Scripture. Okay, so first off, angels are pure spirit. 
There's no physicality, no body whatsoever, though they can move physical things and take on physical bodies as they did when they visited Abraham and had tea with him. If, if God wills it, they can do that. Okay, they're not limited in space the way we are. They can be active in multiple places at one time. They have infused knowledge in their minds. They don't learn over time and become different and reevaluate their lives like we do. This is why uh, the fallen angels cannot repent, because they had infused knowledge to the end of time about the consequence of their choice. So they will never say, I now understand differently, therefore I'm going to repent. That will not happen. The ones that stayed loyal to God are in the beatific vision. They're seeing the face of God face to face. Therefore, uh, not only the decision was permanent because they had infused knowledge, but they're not going to fall because they're in the presence of God. Okay. So, number two, humans are less than angels. Psalm 8, we can go there and we can see we are a lesser creature. Because we are a lesser creature in God's hierarchy, we cannot name angels. It is not our place to name them because we are a lesser order of creation while we are here on earth. Okay. Secondly, thirdly, that was more of a 1.1 there. So secondly, their essential function is to attend God's throne and praise God in heaven. That is their essential function in their existence. Secondarily, we know that they also interact with us. They take our prayers to God, all of that. They protect us. But we know from Matthew 18.10 that the angels are always in heaven looking upon the face of the Heavenly Father, even while they're guardian angels and, and watching us and protecting us. All right. Next, there are choirs of angels. It's a breakdown of their... Uh, kind of general functions. We've gone over this before, but really briefly, seraphim is the highest level. These are the ones that are singing the holy, holy, holy. There are likely only seven of those angels, and that's based on a few different places in scripture, not only Tobit that uh, the Protestants don't acknowledge, but we have in the Catholic Bible, um, but that is in scripture. That is in a number of places. Michael is one of the seraphim for sure. He is not merely an archangel, which is third from the bottom. He is a seraphim and he is before God, and he's also the leader of the angels. Um, and by the way, the other place you can go for the seven is Revelation 8. There's a reference there about the seven angels that stood before God. Okay, cherubim, next rank down. They're about the glory of God and the movement of God in a sense. They guard uh, the Garden of Eden. So it was a cherubim with a flaming sword that when Adam and Eve fell and were expelled from the garden, it was a cherubim that's guarding the uh, um, Eden, the garden. Okay. Number three is thrones. They're kind of uh, an intermediary between the actual presence of God and the rest of the angelic. So they're kind of, if you could think of it figuratively, standing at the door of the throne room of God, just figuratively. Uh, they bring the prayers that are brought up from the lower choirs of angels directly to God in the throne room. Okay. And then there's a bunch of others. We don't have time to get into all of them. Just note that St. Michael the Archangel, that's a reference to leader angel. Archangels are actually the third choir from the bottom. So if you started at the bottom, it would be angels, principalities, and archangels moving up then to powers, virtues, and dominions. Okay. Now, we do have individual guardian angels. Each person has at least one, probably from conception, uh, though some church fathers have said from birth, doesn't really matter. We each have a guardian angel. They help us, they protect us, they inspire us to conversion, they help us with temptation. The more you ask them to do, the more they're going to do for you, because they don't violate your free will. They also carry your prayers to God up through the chain to the throne room of God, and that all happens instantaneously. And they are also before God, simultaneous with being with you. 
Now, there's not only individual guardian angels. There's guardian angels over cities, over nations and peoples. We see this in scripture. And then over the whole universe, in a sense, when we look at the virtues, which is uh, the fifth choir down, they govern nature and the physical universe. So there's different kind of ranks of angels in terms of how much they're in charge of. Okay, now, Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael, which is the big feast day that we're talking about. Of course, Michael appears biblically uh, in a number of places. He plays a huge role. He's honored in all three Abrahamic religions. He's been honored uh, in Jewish writings from at least the third or the second centuries before Christ. He's well known to the Jews. Um, he's a huge, huge deal. He's a leader of the rest of the angels. He's the one that casts Satan out of heaven, along with the angels that stayed loyal. Footnote on that, one-third fell, two-thirds stayed loyal. Okay, Gabriel, messenger, mainly, annunciation. He brings messages at critical points in the history of creation. Raphael, associated with healing, and also casting out a particular demon in, in one of the Old Testament stories. So these guys are archangels, they're leader angels. Okay, one important point, Deb, Paul warns us in um, um, Corinthians 2.18 to not worship angels, okay? So we don't want to get involved to the point where it becomes a cult of angels, almost like a paganism or an idolatry. We want to be really careful about that. Okay, so a few things. I know we're, we're squeezing in a lot here, everybody, but I want to cover some. All of this, I think, is important. So Michael... Um, you know, leader of the army of God, guardian of the church, defends us at the moment of death against temptation um, to reject God and helps us to accept God and repent even at the moment of death, and figuratively holds the scales of judgment. He doesn't judge us, but he's shown as holding the scales of our judgment and our personal judgment because his association is with God's justice. So if we go back to the warfare idea of casting the devil and the fallen angels out of heaven, um, this is a reference to God's justice. And so we see him figuratively holding the scales of judgment. So that's his four kind of traditional roles that the church has seen at leader of the army of God, the angels, guardian of the church, defending us personally at the moment of death, and then taking our soul to God for its judgment, and then holding the scales while we're judged. Big, big deal. Uh, the prayer to St. Michael, many of us know it's said in many places, in many churches after Mass. There's a whole story behind that we don't have time for, but it essentially comes from the minor exorcism that Leo the Thirteenth wrote in 1890, uh, which was originally against Freemasonry, but then was generalized. There's also a chaplet of St. Michael that you can search out and learn about with nine different salutations to all the nine choirs of angels. And then there's the St. Michael stones, Deb, that we've talked about on the show before that come from the cave at Galgano, Italy, that Michael consecrated and made it into a church. So there's, there's a few things, um, and I know that was fast, everybody, but I wanted to give you all the points that I was thinking about. Now, there's a few things I can tell you from being at exorcisms so many times over the years that the fallen angels are going to try to attack your understanding of the angelic in order to get you to basically soften up in terms of your thinking so that they can trick you and shape you into accepting them or misunderstanding them so that they can get into your life even more. 
some of the places they will try to do this and attack your understanding of angels is around the idea of repentance and feeling sorry for the fallen angels, that they can repent or that they want to repent and they need your help to do that. They will never repent. They do not want to. And theologically, it doesn't make any sense. They, Our understanding of how their minds work from Thomas Aquinas and other church uh, fathers, it's impossible. So that's a big one. Uh, you cannot baptize them and send them back to heaven. That's another idea that has uh, floated around and been shot down. Um, there's, there's a few places. Um, you know, I've seen them also try to play games with the difference between demons and um, fallen angels, that they're somehow a different type of creature. Uh, they like to play games with that so that they can claim that there's something else uh, than a permanently evil creature to get us to start feeling sympathy for them. I've seen them play games and claim that they're the soul of a damn person uh, that needs help or that is really sad. Uh, that somehow a demon is separate than a fallen angel, that they're, you know, the soul of one of the giants that was killed in, um, in the book of Enoch, this type of thing, stuff in Genesis. There's all kinds of games that they're going to play. Um, we want to be careful with that. We also want to be careful with the game about uh, naming your guardian angel or knowing the name of your guardian angel, because this leads to uh, too much conversation and undue openness to conversation in some form. You need to understand that angels are not going to go around talking to you all the time. It's very rare that they speak to anybody, and it typically is brief and to the point to either de deliver a message and it's done, it's over, it's not a dialogue, or it's something special, like when Michael prepared the children for the, um, the apparition of Mary at Fatima, for instance really critical points in human history, not casual conversation every day. And naming them is not our place as we went over in terms of the hierarchy of creation. Uh, another one that's a little bit lesser, but I've seen them play games with, is that they have different genders, male and female or young or old, these type of ideas. They're trying to anthropomorphize or make themselves seem more human to us. Uh, they do not reproduce, therefore they do not have uh, sex or gender in the ways that we understand those things. Uh, angels do not reproduce. The idea of introducing the idea of male and female is to soften somebody up to the sad and disturbing uh, attacks that demons make with people when they consent to kind of, um, um, we'll just say, ro romantic interaction. I don't want to uh, be too gross, but you need to understand that they're, they're softening you up for that kind of approach later. So a lot of stuff with angels, Deb is critical to understand because the enemy is constantly trying to warp our theology and our understanding so that we start falling for various tricks. Um, and this is why I think God has provided information in scripture and has wisely limited the interaction with the angels in terms of us actually hearing them and seeing them. Absolutely. Well done, Adam. Thank you so very much. And I would echo what Adam said, please. Uh, the Chaplet of St. Michael, uh, amazing. And we're going to post the EWTN Chaplet of St. Michael on our Facebook page at the Spirit World Podcast. When we come back, Susan and Janelle and Terry and Carol and Ellen, you will be up next. Uh, we have room for you if you'd like to dial in. It's all about angels today on the Spirit World at 877 757 
888-888-9424. And please, folks, you can always email us. We'll, we'll address Timoteo's email coming back as well at tsw at grnonline.com. We'll be right back. Are you feeling lost in a sea of overwhelm? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with Dan Tall Today Coaching Minute. Many people find themselves challenged with overwhelm. Too many things to take care of, too many people to please, too much work to do. And in spite of their best efforts, they continue to fall behind with this overwhelm coming in like a flood. But that's not the abundant life that Jesus wants you to live. That's why Stand Tall Today has experienced professional coaches that will assist you in dialing down that overwhelm. They'll help you get a grasp on where you are and create a plan that enables you to take bite-sized steps of action so you can live an abundant life. Why not take your first step right now? Go to StandTallToday.com and find a coach that is just right for you. Because life is simply too short to stay lost in a sea of overwhelm. This is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. How do you keep God in your mind once you're done with prayer and daily mass? It's different for each of us, but one tool we've learned to use in our family is Christian music. Whether you're working around the house or driving the car, it's far more uplifting to listen to than the overplayed secular love songs, and God can speak to you through it. It's amazing how transformative good Christian music can be. Music can help us memorize scripture and remind us of the providence of God throughout the day. It can teach kids the Bible in a way that they love. And kids can make music their own. As they grow up, encourage your children to pick out Christian music that they personally can relate to. There's all different genres, from chant to country to contemporary. St. Paul exhorts us, sing psalms, hymns, and inspired songs to God from your hearts. Music can help deepen your love for God and lift your spirit to Him throughout the day. Try it this season and see. To find more resources for your family, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. Spirit World continues with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. If you have a question for the show, call 877-757-9424 or email tsw at grnonline.com. Okay, we have full phone lines plus, so we will try to get to everyone. We're trying to group it, group up the calls by a topic and in the order that you called in. So please be patient with us. We'll try to get to everyone before the end of this episode. But Adam, just so you know, um, whenever we're the, there's a whenever there is a topic about um, guardian angels or archangels anything of that nature, um, phone lines usually just blow up because people have their own encounters with angel stories that they truly credit their angel for saving them in various situations, Um, especially like with a robbery or something of that nature. So we will try to get to you. If we don't get to you or your story is a little bit too long for this episode, 
please email it to us, tsw at grnonline.com. And we heard from Timoteo in Ohio, Adam, and he said you pretty much covered the whole email that he sent in. So he said, thank you very much. Okay, okay. our first caller for today is, is Janelle. And Janelle is in Des Moines, Iowa, on our friends at Iowa Catholic Radio. Janelle, thank you so much for being first up here on The Spirit World. Welcome. Wow, what an honor to be first up. <laughs> um, we, we'd like I to would, think so, Janelle, but everybody else, I don't know. <laughs> we, but now that your vote there, now we feel good. Okay, so go ahead. Tell us your anything about angels. So I was just going to comment that um, I'm 53, so this was quite a while ago, but when I was 22, um, farm kid, grew up in a town of like 3,000 people here in Iowa, moved to Council Bluffs, Omaha, obviously, much larger community um, and had an occasion there where I was carjacked um, and everything turned out fine. But in the middle of that, I had a sense early on in that experience, like, okay, this isn't going to end well, right? This is not, this is bad. This is going to turn out really bad. (laughs) And I'm looking in the rearview mirror as there's another pickup truck following us. And I'm thinking this is going to end badly. I was like, okay, Lord, like, I don't really know what to do here. And I just, when you said the little thing about your guardian angel will inform your conscience, it was really like a Holy Spirit thing that I sort of knew what to do. Like she would say, turn left. And I knew whether or not to do that or not. And I just was so calm from my head all the way down to my toes. Like I wasn't freaking out. I wasn't nervous. I knew I would like look at her and kind of memorize her face and memorize what she was wearing and like come on I live how would I know how to do that growing up like I did in a small town you know what I mean like and it all turned out well because I just felt like the Lord was walking with me and and my guardian angel was just kind of right there informing me and I'm just really grateful and have been grateful all the way along to have that experience. So that's really interesting, Janelle. Thank you for sharing. Um, I'm curious, was that like the one time that you've had such a pronounced interaction where you, where you saw and heard your guardian angel? You know, I don't have a sense of if that's my guardian angel. Was that the Holy Spirit? Was mm-hmm. that a combination of all of the above? Probably. Um, you know, I, uh, probably the most when I'm like in danger kind of moments. I've had moments like at my parents' bedside when they were dying, things like that also. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Um, but certainly when I was that young. But you what know. I'm saying is this isn't a regular thing for you to, to get such instructions or see these figures. Is that right? Probably not, no. Okay, yep. Yeah, so that kind of fits. Um, I've seen, yeah, and, and heard other similar stories it's usually at points of crisis or big moments like when somebody's passing so yeah i mean that's beautiful and i'm really glad that it worked out and everything was kept safe um that sounds deb i don't know what you think but that sounds like a genuine uh, kind of angelic assistance just a couple things Uh, janelle you you know that you have a guardian angel given by god himself 
your your angels behold the face of the the face of God at the same time ministering to you. So if you look at it like that, it's a direct connection. So so it comes from the Holy Spirit, right? So there's a direct connection. I know that sometimes people will say, um, "Well, where do I fit in the guardian angels? Was that God or was that the guardian angel? It was God. It was God because it's coming from God instructing to to take care of His child, Janelle." And so your the elements, um, this is based on my um, research and understanding and study of angels uh, for many, many years, uh, Janelle. I just would say that the, um, the prompt, alert way that you went through that very um, um, horrific and, and troubling situation, and you stayed calm, right? You stayed calm and you stayed alert. Um, yes, um, you, I, I believe that, that those are the details that you gave us, that that is an indication that that was an angelic, um, you know, I- intervention where your angel stepped in to help you, to guard you and guide you, to get you out of this situation. And you, you responded to it. Now, here's what I find curious, Janelle, when you were little, did somebody pray the guardian angel prayer or did somebody teach you about your guardian angel? Because here's what I find interesting. Absolutely. There you go. Absolutely. Okay. That's the key. <laughs> because here's what I have found. And tell me if you agree with this, Adam, based on your uh, ministry work. It's usually a parent or grandparent that introduces that, that really sweet guardian angel prayer. You know, the angel of God, my guardian dear, you know, the, the prayer. Or they say, or they'll tell a child, don't worry, sweetheart, you have a guardian angel beside you, which is a true statement. You do. And what happens is, is when you acknowledge the ministry work and the mission of the angels, they are able to do a better job because you are, you are aware that they have a job. So it's acknowledging God's magnificence and God's plan and God's greatness. So whoever introduced you to your guardian angel, you you should thank them. If they're still on this side of the veil, thank them. Or if they've gone on to meet the Lord, I would, I would say a prayer because that is amazing. What do you say to that, Adam? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and the only thing Deb for, for some people, depending on how they heard that, um, the angel's able to do a wonderful job there. It basically goes back to what you said, Deb, they're able to do whatever God wants them to do. Mm-hmm. So there, there's no limit to what they can do in the sense that they're acting for God. All right. Um, and so don't feel bad if people haven't introduced you to the guardian angels when you were younger, that doesn't, that doesn't limit, you know, their ability now in terms of you receiving that kind of protection or guidance True. yourself. Mm-hmm. If you weren't exposed to it here, here we are today, beautifully introducing how many millions of people now you're introduced to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, Take what I said in the first segment, important when I was rambling on there, don't turn it into a cult of angels or worship them as God, right? They are merely a creature that is serving God. They're above us in creation, but they're not God themselves. And so see them as that. See them as thank you, Jesus, for sending your angel Mm -hmm. to help me kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Absolutely. And I can't stress it enough, Janelle. Um, I, I, I too have had encounters where I have been in a, a really um, 
difficult situation. And I felt that my guardian angel stepped in and immediately I thanked God immediately. That was my first thought to thank God. So, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible. Um, so do you want, do you, would you like to share? I'm just curious, would you like to share who, when you were, were little, how did you get uh, introduced to the guardian angels? Yeah. Well, that was my mom. She would mm. pray that prayer with us all the time. So beautiful. Yeah. beautiful. Is she with us still or no? She is a beautiful lady. I was very lucky to have a good mom to train me to be a good mom. Wow. No, wow. she she's she's been gone maybe 15 years, but okay. but was a okay. great, you know, lived a long healthy life. Just you know, so you, you know what? I just pulled out the Take Two Family Prayer Book. If you, f- you feel comfortable, can you give us her first name? We pray for the living and the deceased. Uh, Evelyn, and her birthday is coming up on October 9th. So if she was still alive, she would um, be celebrating her hundredth birthday this year. Wow! She died at eighty-five, but we're going to still siblings get together and celebrate nice. her hundredth birthday. Nice, Janelle. Oh, God bless you. Thank you for calling in. Will you call us again? I sure will. Thank you. Great show. Great show. Thank thank you. Thank you. Take care. Yeah, yeah, Adam, you're spot on. Um, I I will tell you, in my study of angels, uh, it was uh, several priests who had a devotion to angels would say to me all the time, the moment you feel that there's an angel encounter or an angel has intervened somehow, thank God immediately because it's coming from God. And that's how you stay very uh, focused, that it's all, all coming from God. And, and it's God's it's God's plan and God's mission. So thank you for saying that. But isn't that beautiful about Evelyn, her mom? See, and the reason why I, brought, I bring this up, folks, is because that prayer, we, we most of us as Catholics, Adam, we all were introduced to that prayer. We were small children and we thought it was a cute prayer. It's a powerful prayer because you're acknowledging uh, the role and mission of the guardian angels. Okay, we're going to move to Susan in Hartford, Connecticut, and Susan's on Sirius XM 130. Hello, Susan. Thank you for waiting, and welcome to the spirit world. Hi, thank you. Um, A year and a half ago, my nephew, um, I'm 61, my nephew died uh, at 35 in my house. He died of an overdose. Um, he had been clean for like three or four years. I was trying to get him back on track. He was doing fantastic. The situation that happened is um, my husband was in the living room. I said goodnight. He said goodnight. He went downstairs. I went upstairs, and I was very tired. It was a Sunday night. It was actually Mother's Day. And I had a, a sense of um, an outline of someone like my nephew. My nephew was like 6'3", very handsome, um, well, you know, for someone that had done drugs or whatever, he's not your, your typical. I don't. I know that sounds t- terrible, but I can't explain it, and I won't get into the whole thing. But anyway, I saw a vision of him, like, his head on a pillow going right to left, right to left. And I said to myself, oh, my gosh, is that Danny? And I was like, oh, man, you're tired. Just go to bed. So I went to bed. And the next morning I got up and I found him. Um, and we didn't know because there was no paraphernalia, no nothing left around he had started only like a couple weeks earlier because I would not allow anything like that in my house. Um, and my question is, did I ignore my guardian angel or was that the devil? What was that? And what did I do wrong? I could have saved his life if I had gone downstairs, if he was struggling. And I found him laying over an ottoman, um, like on a cross, like, you know, how Jesus catches that young man in his 30s on the cross. It's a very famous picture. Um that a priest showed me, and that's exactly how I found him. Okay, Susan. Well, 
Yeah, that's, I mean, this is a really, it's a heavy call, but, uh, you know, it's fine. Um, I don't want you to feel bad and guilty for the rest of your life that you're somehow responsible for his death. You're not. It was, um, addiction's a, a brutal thing, um, but you were not responsible for that. Were you being shown, you know, given a warning to go intervene? Uh, maybe, but that's not a guarantee that that would have saved him. Maybe you could have comforted him waiting for the paramedics to come. I don't know. If you didn't have Narcan, or depending on the drug he was using, there may not have been much you could have done in terms of his biology until the ambulance got there. So I wouldn't beat yourself up too much. Um, it very well could have been a prompting that he was ODing at that moment. It's very possible. Um, there's been interventions at, at moments of death or near death that have happened many times. But uh, you, you just, you know, you, you can't. Um, you're not God. You, you may have been able to intervene and comfort him. I don't know. Maybe you could have saved him. We won't know. But we need to now just pray for his soul. And let's, you know, assume he's in purgatory uh, and we can all pray for him. If you want to mention just his first name to us uh, again there. Um, but that's that's what we can do at this point. And then I would say move forward from there. Don't let this become something that you just um, live in the past continuously. OK. Mm -hmm. OK, thank you. Susan, I do have the prayer book out if you do feel comfortable. Otherwise, um, God knows um, your your entire family. And we, we are praying as a, you know, we believe in the power of prayer, but I agree with Adam. Uh, be at peace. Be, be at peace. I mean, obviously, the loss is very hard. Um, but be at peace. Don't I wouldn't get caught up in, in kind of replaying it because replaying it could I don't you think Adam could be problematic? Yeah, I mean, certainly it's going to be depressing. It's it's emotionally not good. And then ultimately, spiritually, it can be really hard on you. Exactly. So. Very taxing. So, Susan, is, uh, why, is I, a, I, go ahead. Is it a sin? Is it, is it something that I should have paid attention? I know you, what you said, but in God's eyes, is God saying, you know, what what you should have done? That kind of thing. No, it's not a sin, Susan, because um, you were shown something, you weren't given direct instructions, you were you were shown exactly. something that, that you weren't completely clear on what was happening, maybe it was just your, you were thinking at the time, well, maybe it's just my imagination, I'm tired, you know, mm -hmm. he's, he's OD'd before, probably maybe it was on your mind, but you weren't given direct marching instructions from God saying, like literally hearing an angel say, go in his room now which some people have received such instructions, Susan. So there have been times where God has been very firm and clear, and people have been literally told what to do to intervene in a crisis. Mm -hmm. So so don't feel that you've, you've uh, failed something that God instructed you to do, because that wasn't super clear. Mm -hmm. I would agree okay. with that, Susan. Um, Susan, do you, you want to give us any names or no, or God knows what, Danny. whatever you... Danny. Okay. Danny. I, Danny. Okay. I've got Danny in the book. I've got you. We've got you in the book too, Susan, to bring you peace. Um, but, and, and if there's anything that still feels unsettled, talk to a clergy member, talk to a priest, a deacon, talk to a lay leader at the church so that that can help you process this. Okay, Susan. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Right. God, God bless, bless you, you, sweetheart. You, you're a beautiful soul. Beautiful. We're with you. We're with you in prayer. Okay, we're going to move to Terry, and Terry is in uh, Shelton, Washington, on Sacred Heart Radio. Terry, welcome to the Spirit World. 
Um, thanks for having me. Thank you. Go right ahead. Um, so I, mine, uh, I, I probably have um, quite a few different uh, stories, but I, I just there's just one quick story I had when I was um, I was in college in Hawaii, um, very much away from any sort of support. Um, I wasn't going to mass at the time. It was um, it was a time where I was seeking God, but I was also um, just going through a difficult time. And I, I used to walk alone all the time, um, all through the streets of Hawaii. But at this particular time, I was walking alone on campus. Um, and I was just just uh, just walking, just peaceful, warm night. And um, mid-step, um, I just had this vision in my mind, um, very unexpected, but it was a great uh, host of angels uh, singing and praising God. Um, and, and, um, I just remember, uh, I guess kind of feeling like it went on longer than maybe it did, but it was really m- like a mid step kind of just awareness of the angelic world. Um, and, um, their great love for our creator. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, a it's something that I think about from time to time, just that awareness of this spiritual realm and Okay, Terry, it sounds like um, you cut out there, but thank you so much for sharing that story. You know, moments like that, Deb, um, they're kind of like a signpost that we're given, where we're given a brief glimpse into the spiritual that for the rest of our lives become a signpost that will encourage us and help us in our journey. So when things like that happen, I usually interpret them as a gift from God. So that was a gift of the primary function of the angels that we talked about earlier, that they're praising God in heaven, they're singing the angelic hymn, the holy, holy, holy. Um, That was just a gift, and here it is resonating with her these years later and still encouraging her and helping her. So that's how I would interpret it. What do you think? Absolutely. Same way. I, I, I confirm that, Terry. And it reminds me of Michael John Poyer. Michael John Poyer, a wonderful um a wonderful musical um, artist, music artist. He's amazing. You can look up his work. And uh, Michael John, um, when he performs at churches, Terry, um, there have been multiple accounts of, of people hearing angels. And it's and he doesn't uh, add it to his soundboard. It's not added. It's not. It's only one instrument. It's Michael John singing. And one time I I asked Michael John in the back narthex of the church. I said, I said. Um, uh, Michael, what, what was that? That we heard angels, and he goes, "Yeah, we did," and that was it. And he kept moving on, and it was a, it was that exact um, confirmation and awareness that the angels are there and they're very active and and very and very magnificent. So Terry, I would consider it a beautiful gift you received. Uh, definitely a blessing, um, and yeah. definitely something to think back on, and uh, just that awareness that uh, awareness, yeah. Yeah. God saw me time and sent angels. Beautiful. Beautiful. Terry, thank you so very much. I think the takeaway word for today is awareness, just to have an awareness that the angels um, have a very, very uh, strong mission given by God himself. Okay, thank you, Terry. And we're going to move to Carol. Carol is in Virginia on e- on the EWTN app. Hello, Carol. Welcome to the spirit world. Hello, Debbie and Adam. Thank you for having me. I spoke with you before, Debbie, when with uh, Take Two, with uh, Jerry and, and yourself, when we were talking about um, uh, 
tornadoes and stuff. Right, right, <laughs> and, yes. And I mentioned about when I was five years old, drowning in the lake, mm-hmm. and how miraculous that was. And you said, well, you need to call back when we have our angel call. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I decided, well, here we are. We've got an angel call. Well, and please do, and please do. And Carol, share your story, but kind of condense it because we're trying to get to the rest of the calls, but I want Adam to hear it. So go ahead. Well, I have a, a much better one that I have a question about that happened later in life. Can I do that one? And if we have time, I'll do absolutely. the other quickly. Absolutely, Carol. Go right ahead. Well, I was I was thirty, about thirty years old when this happened. I'm seventy six now, so it's been a while. I was driving uh, a jeep, and I would drive seventy miles to go to work, and I drive on the interstate that had all these potholes. And uh, coming home from work. I was really upset with all the potholes. I was trying to avoid them as best I could. And uh, all of a sudden, I heard this beautiful voice in my left ear, and it actually moved my hair a little bit from my ear. And it was a male voice, and he said, Honey, when you get home, you're protected until you get home. But when you get home, get out of this vehicle. And do not get back in it to drive it again. Have it fixed or you will die. Okay, Carol. So did, did and, and let's do this. I, I'm sorry, we're running out of time. We'll do it quickly. Later, did you find out it, it in fact had a dangerous flaw in the vehicle? Oh, yes. My husband took it to the shop. They didn't find anything wrong until they put it on the hoist. The whole body came off of the tires the the stuff the Mm -hmm. whatever it is brackets holding everything on was eaten away by uh the ice melt that they put on the roads so it was not connected yep yeah carol i i personally have been saved a number of times in cars um by god i believe in some form whether it was angelic or otherwise and and i know many people have so yeah that's beautiful i sounds legit to me deb Thank you, Carol. Thank you for calling back. And Carol, you can always email your story um, to um, Adam and I at uh, tsw at grnonline.com. And Nancy in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, listening on The Rock, we're not going to get to you. And you have a story about how you think your guardian angel had scared away someone that you weren't supposed to interact with. I've heard that before, too. Um, If you'd like to share your story, Nancy, and the others, again, you can email us, tsw at grnonline.com. I just wanted to share about that uh, real quickly, Adam, that, um, you know, I went back to that, um, that cute angel prayer that we learned as kids. It's actually a very powerful prayer. And these angels are mighty warriors. It doesn't surprise me that they would scare away people because, you know, they, if you, if you look at Psalm 91, God's protection with the angels, they are there to guard and guide guide us. There are soul guards, there are bodyguards, and um, they are they are just amazing. And we're, I'm so grateful to God that he gave each and every one of us a guardian angel. What do you say, Adam, real quickly? Yeah, absolutely. We see it every week at the exorcisms. Um, they play a big role in our life and big role in protecting us. Um, yeah, further your relationship and learn about them, call on them, and ask them to pray for you. 
Absolutely. Thanks, everyone. And next week, we are going to be talking about Our Lady of Victory, Our Lady of the Rosary on her feast day. Until next Saturday, have a beautiful and blessed week. We'll see you real soon.